Hey church, I'm believing God that you are well today and I'm believing that that wherever you may be today that you are experiencing God's goodness in your life. You're experiencing God's glory uh, and uh, it's only going to get better. Touch your neighbor and say it's only going to get better. So good. How many of you loved Pastor Talon's word last week? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, she brought an awesome word on humility and oh my goodness. Uh talent you have changed my life. You have changed my perspective of humility. Uh and so it's so awesome to have uh, a son of the house that really communicates the heartbeat of the father and it's so awesome to have a great communicator in the house and I would love for talent to take the word more often because she's she she's phenomenal. Emmanuel is phenomenal. We have great communicators in this house and uh and I I believe that uh this year is the year where we're going to release them uh to really build the house and it's going to be fun it's going to be fun this year is going to be fun man i really believe that so um i want to continue the series that we're on on spiritual algorithms um and the title of my message today is will power okay will power we had such a fun glorious time last sunday Uh, with all the lifers on Jumeirah Beach, it felt like I was at the Iron Man again. With all the cheering and all the shouting and uh, and all the the sweating and running and all of that stuff, it was it was so phenomenal because we were at the very location where the Iron Man happened, and it, we literally started running from that very place, and it was so prophetic. uh that that i really believe that something was deposited in our people on that day uh there was some there was something there was a uh, there was a glory that was deposited in our people to push beyond uh the physical limitations and and i really believe that that as a church we are going to do things that no other church has done before amen come on come on we're going to do it we're going to do it and we're going to reveal the glory of god uh where where other where other christians have limited to a certain expression we love the the full expression of the body of christ we love every expression of the body of christ and we love it you know i i i i really believe that that the uh, that in this season we're going to experience what it means to have a coat of many colors joseph's coat a coat of many colors that 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 reveals the the variety of the grace of god uh on this church and i saw uh in the spirit i saw joseph's coat uh coming upon uh upon life church global and i saw uh, different colors and different expressions and different manifestations of god's goodness and his grace being revealed through life church global and, and i'm telling you this that because god has allowed us to not allowed us but god has given us direction to take the church uh in a in a way of uh that that other churches have not done before i really believe that we uh will dig up new ground amen uh we will dig up new ground and we will uh, expand the kingdom where christians have not ventured in before and i truly believe that we will have a name uh for ourselves uh, unlike anybody else because people will say i want this god because of what you do i want this god and there you know i said this a couple of weeks ago that uh, actually last week where that that as we go out and start doing try life as we start uh, you know ex- exercising and and having an active life and and going in this direction that it will start attracting people to us people who have that as an interest they will start attracting why we were on the beach uh, a guy walk came up to uh, some of us um, there i think fallon was i think ayon and fallon and he begins to ask us who are you guys what, what where are you from like what are you, what group are you like are you is are you, do you guys do this do you guys do this often how, where, and he wanted to know times and where we're going to go and how we're going to do it because he was attracted to you must understand is the glory that we carry He was attracted to that glory because he knew that it wasn't there in his life and these people who who have come from different nationalities and different colors and different all of us coming together cheering one another on and and running these distance 5 kilometers can you imagine 5 kilometers we we all ran together and came back and it attracted a man to us that's what i'm trying to 
explained to you. The church expression has always been about singing and an event. But when the church actually steps into the, the, the full expression of Christ, now it begins to attract people who want Christ. But they don't know him. They don't know him by name. But they know that there's something about you. That you've stepped into a zone. You've stepped into a realm. But you have joy. You have peace. You have There's so much of laughter. There's so much of fun that's happening around. Because where they're at now, they're suffering to get there. But for us, we're suffering with joy. And they want that. How do you, how do, you do that? Because when you do that, there seems to be a glory. They don't know it as glory, but we know it as glory. They, they are, you're, you're having this glory and it's attractive. It's attractive. And they, they come, they come, they come, come to you. And you have to have the right things to say at the right time. If you go into old religion, control and manipulation, and you have to change this and do this and do that, they will go walk away because they've figured you out. If they can't figure you out, they will stay. Right? But it was it was a it was the first time I ever did a um, did a 5k in my life. Never done the 5k before. But thank God for my wife. Really, she really gave because of the anointing that's on her life. We were all we submitted to her her, her times and uh, uh, what is it that you gave us, love? The the you know run walk the workout thing. And the minute we submitted it, there was a grace. You must understand. I never did a 5k in my life. But that day, somehow, because we were with people, we were running together. It was like, wow, this, this is possible. And it was possible. And everybody finished it. But there were two people that day that really stood out to me. Because we did a 5K in the morning and then we went and did a bike ride in the evening. There were two people that really stood out. While we finished the run and we went to the restaurant and we were all having breakfast, Jesse wasn't at breakfast. She came a little later. But when she came into the restaurant, she was like, oh, oh my God, I did an 8K. Wow. I was like, sorry, what did you do? She said, I did an 8K. And she was so, there was so much of glory that was emanating out of her face. She was so full of joy because she, she pushed her body beyond. You must understand, she's 56, 57 years old. While all of us, young ones, are, are struggling to do a 5K and we did it and now we're like, wow, it's okay, it's over, it's finished, now let's go celebrate. She said, I'm going to go beyond. I'm going to go beyond. That's a woman of faith. She said, I'm going to go beyond and I'm going to do what I set my heart and my mind to do. It's amazing. But there was another person that really caught my attention. And that's Robin. Really awesome, really awesome. That guy did a 5K in the morning and then he did a 53K ride in the evening. Same day, you must understand, this guy has never done this before. It's been two weeks, am I right? Two weeks since you're riding, one week. One, forgive me. It's been one week since the guy has started cycling. And so we, we decided now to do push, push the envelope and he pushed the envelope and I'm so proud of him. I'm really proud of him. I'm really proud of everyone that, that really did phenomenally well. 5K in the morning and then after that a 50K ride. That was awesome, man. That was, that, he's pushed himself. He's gone beyond. He's gone into a place where he's never gone before. And after the, the ride, you know, I was watching him and he was tired, you know, you're physically tired. But there was this glory on him. There was a joy on his face. There was this, he was manifesting, he was emanating the glory of God that was so contagious. And he, even in, during the ride, you know, I would ask him, are you tired? He goes, no, I'm not tired. Let's go, let's go, let's go. He was in pain, but he was like, no, let's go, let's go. He was, he was fixed on doing the ride. He was fixed on accomplishing it. He was fixed on going beyond, pushing his body beyond. Ladies and gentlemen, what we applaud right now, what we were applauding about Jesse and Robin, what is that? What are we actually applauding? We're applauding willpower. That's what we're applauding. We're not applauding physical power, but we're actually applauding the ability, the mind's ability to push the body beyond what it has ever done before. It's called willpower. And that's what I want to talk about. Willpower. 
So, I want you to open your Bible now to Revelation. We'll start with the last book. Revelation chapter 4. And I want to read a verse to you that will really set this message in motion. And verse 11 says this, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. I'm going to read that again. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So which means... The will of God has the ability to create things, but also the will of God has the ability for those things to exist. So which means the will of God has power to create, but also power to sustain. This is amazing. The will of God has the ability to create, but also the ability to sustain or continue to give life. The will of God, ladies and gentlemen, has a power, a dunamis power that gives life to everything that he has created no matter where he has placed it. Let me give you an example. In the book of Genesis, now in the last book, first book. The book of Genesis, when God was creating all things, he says, let there be light. He spoke into the darkness and he said, let there be light. So which means the power that that was in his will caused darkness to stay where it is and light to stay where it is. I hope you understand what I'm saying. He spoke into darkness and he says, let there be light and darkness now manifested light. And then he separated the light and he called it day and he separated the darkness and he called it night. And then he created the planets and he created the stars and he, he created all these things. Have you wondered where the stars and the moon were? They were in the darkness. But they're light. Think about what I'm saying. The stars don't complain. You have put me in the darkness. I'm in this situation today. God. Take me out of here. Do you understand what I'm saying? By your will, they exist and were created. So which means when God, God's power, God's will, ladies and gentlemen, there's a purpose to it. There's a purpose to your life. There's a purpose for the season that you're in right now. And that purpose is not for you to escape and run out of it. Your purpose is to be like a star that is shining bright wherever God has placed you. God can place you as a sun during the day to govern the day or He can place you as a moon to govern the night. But your responsibility to do whatever He says is to do whatever He says. And to do whatever He created you to do wherever He placed you. You can be an Indian because He placed you there. But as an Indian, are you crying out now saying, I don't like this passport. I want to be American. Why? Because they have freedom. No, but God placed you there. Come on now. We can, we, we don't like where we're at right now. Always, there's always this nomadic thing on the inside of a human being to want to escape. I want to go. I want to, there's always a, and there's nothing wrong with it, ladies and gentlemen. It's good for you to have desires to grow and, and want to move from India to America and have a better life. And that's, that's not a problem. But what I'm trying to say is God has placed you there for a reason. God, when your time is up from there, He will move you to another place for a reason. But wherever you are, give thanks to God for putting you in that place. You've got to understand that when you, we, if the stars decide, now, I don't want to be here. <laughs> the stars decide, I don't want to be here now. What's going to happen to the stars? Think about it. 
Because it's the will of God that gives them the ability to shine at night. It's the will, the power of God that gives the, the moon light. The ability to govern the night. But if they decide, now you decide, oh, I don't like this church. <laughs> oh dear. I don't like this country. I don't like this job. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. No, 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 no. What's happening? You're choosing your will over the will of God. Now, can God give you another job? Yes. Can God take you to another church? Yes. <laughs> can God lead you from the wilderness into the promised land? Yes. But He's the one who led you into the wilderness. So why are you not thanking Him for that? See, because somehow, we've, because we're created in the image and likeness of God, because God has a will, a sovereign will, so does you and I. You and I, because we're created in the image and likeness of God, we have a will. It's called free will. That free will is yours, ladies and gentlemen. And it is sovereign to you the same way God's will is sovereign to him. But because God is God and he is sovereign, he will not overrule your will. But he will not submit to your will. I hope you understand that. When you make a choice to follow your will, God will say, the power is here. When you're ready, you know what you need to do. He will wait for you to be empowered to choose His will. You and I have been given a will by God and that will, ladies and gentlemen, is extremely powerful. And it is our responsibility to God to grow that will. Very important that you understand this. And there's a reason why you have to grow your will. There's a reason why you have to grow the power that is in your will. Otherwise, every human being on the planet will walk over you. <laughs> it's important that you understand that. God has a sovereign will. But he is so powerful that he won't force it on you. Because he won't force it on you, you can't force your will on him. So you have to learn to understand not my will, but your will be done. It is in that place that you will learn to harness the power that comes from His will to sustain your life. Not only your life, but your finances, your marriage, your children, your businesses, your studies, every single thing, your creativity, everything that you do today is sustained by the will of God. But every time you step into a place of choosing your will over His will, you will have momentary experiences of power but it won't last long there's a glory to the human will and we see it and we applaud it and it's important for us to develop that will it's important for us to develop the power that is in our will the strength that is the power that is in our human will it's important that we develop it it's not wrong ladies and gentlemen it's not bad but there's a reason that we grow that power and I'm going to share that with us today. It's not wrong for you to have your will. It's not wrong for you to have a powerful will. It's very important for you to have a powerful will. Very important for you to have it. The word will in the Bible is the word telima. I've taught on this before. 
And the word tulima is defined as the determination of a fundamental property or a thing. That's the first thing. It's the determination of a fundamental property of a thing. Which means, for example, if God, if you're a child of God, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and He decides now that you are holy. It is His will, according to His will and the powers of His will, that at the core of who you are, you are holy. So your holiness is not dependent on your works. Your holiness is dependent on His will keeping you holy. Fundamentally, He has determined that you are holy. So that is what Telima means. Telima means the determination of the fundamental property of a thing. Fundamental is the core of who you are. Okay? So, the second thing of what will means, it refers to that which gives a thing active movement. So, so the will can decide what a thing is, but it also can decide what that thing can do. I hope you understand. But this is, I'm talking about God's will and your will together. I'm talking about the will will. Okay? Will. Your will. <laughs> so you can decide what a thing is. I can decide to call this my mobile phone. But you can decide to call this cell phone. And it is to you what you decide it will be. I can call an apple an apple. You can call it Granny Smith apple. I hope you understand. It is what you decide it will be to you. Now, when I look at that thing and I call it an apple, now it will be an apple to me. I hope you understand. So at the core of that apple is not seeds. At the core of the apple is what I decide it will be. So you can decide now what your church is. You can decide what your business is. You can decide what your marriage is. You can decide what your children are. Who your children are. You can decide that. It's the core of who, that's the, the will of God. You determine what it, fundamentally it is. And then now you are the one who can decide what that thing can do. I want, I decide that my son is going to be an athlete. I decide, you understand? I decide my church is going to be full of miracle signs and wonders. I decide that my business is going to be prosperous. I'm going to, de I decide that I'm going to create every opportunity that, I'm get, that I get to raise my kids in the way that they should go. I'm going to decide that. Yeah. Do you understand? And as soon as you decide something, it is what it is. And now your will decides to give it momentum, active. You give it the ability to have movement. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is when we decided in our hearts to join Tri-Life, you decided to be an athlete. You didn't decide to be fit. <laughs> it happened to me when my coach was filling out filled out my forms for you know the training peaks where we where we get our um, our workouts from right I looked at my profile and he decided that I was an athlete I looked at myself in the mirror I said I don't look anything like these athletes but he decided that I was an athlete and my activity was I was a cyclist. Wow, never rode a bike in my life before. But he decided. As a coach, he decided. And so because he decided that that's who I am and that's what I do, guess what? Within three months, we did the Ironman. Why? Because he decided it was in his will. He decided John's an athlete, John's a cyclist and that's what John was going to do. And he was going to crush it. Because I asked him the question, do you think I have couch fitness? Do you think I can go from couch fitness to being a, an athlete, a triathlete? He said, you will finish your race half an hour before time. Do you understand? It's the will. It's the will. Will power. Will power. But if you don't have will power, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen this with people with dogs, you know, people who have dogs. They don't understand the psychology of a dog. And because they don't understand pack, pack mindset, the dog is treated like a human being. And that dog crosses boundaries when he's treated like a dog. 
now I'm not talking of mistreating a dog now. There's a dog psychology that keeps a dog safe. But if you determine that that dog is my baby. Um, so cute. <laughs> they are cute and all that kind of stuff. But he's not your baby. He's a dog. <laughs> I remember going, uh, look, I'm, you know, I'm saying this because I got corrected about it. I went, we went to um, Steve Thompson's house in, in the US and we were having dinner with them and he had a golden retriever that was mixed with a poodle, a golden doodle. And when I looked at that dog, I was like, oh my God, this dog looks like a poodle, but it behaves like my dog. I was like, so he asked us, so do you have any children? I said, yeah, I have two hairy ones. One's called Buddy and Champ. He looked at me and he goes, they're your dogs. I said, yeah, you know, but you know, we call them, they're like our children. He said, no, they're not your children. They are dogs. Your children will be made in the image and likeness of God. I was like, can we restart our conversation again? Because <laughs> I think there's something that happened to me. I think I started on the wrong foot. But see, but, but that's how I learned. I learned by making a mistake. What about this dog? Is, so my dog, ever since I came back to them, I called my dog, dog. Hey, dog. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dog. I call him and I form his identity. Behave like a dog. Don't behave like a human being. <laughs> Although he tries to, but you know what I mean. But see, it's the will. You can decide now that you, you come dog, sit on the couch, sleep on the bed, eat from my plate. You can decide all those things. And that's what the dog will do. But is that dog functioning according to the will of God? No. Now you can decide about your children. We can get into a gender war over here. But you must understand what you decide them to become and you give them permission to, to become is what they will become. If you believe a lie, that's what they will become. That's what I will submit to you. Well, you must understand. Now, I'm not saying we judge people. No, I'm not saying I accept everyone, everybody. But I'm just talking at the core, the who you are, who I decide you will be, who, who will I decide the church will be, who, why did God give me the ability to say, okay, we are not going to go back to doing what we used to do. We're going to do church differently. What am I doing? I'm saying the will is saying we've got to express Christ differently to the world. And that's who we'll be. Whether anybody likes it or not, that's who we will be. Because God is leading us according to His will. He now gives us momentum. That's why when we run on the beach and we're, we're cycling now and, and people are like, we're struggling. Look, I mean, man, five kilometers for me was like suffering. But we still persisted. Why? Because the grace of God comes. The power of God comes according to His will and causes us to do things that we've never done before. And now when we begin to do that together as a community, it starts attracting people to the glory. Whoa, 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 whoa. Woo! Who are you guys? Who are you guys? Because that's, you must understand, all of creation is longing for the manifestation of the sons of God. So are you ready to manifest? That is who he has called you. That's his will for you and me. He's called you as sons of God. He's called you. You can't go, well, I'm a daughter. I'm a girl. No, he's called you as a son. Come out of gender wars. Be a son. That's who he's called you. And when you step into that mindset, I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. Now he empowers you to be the son. He empowers you to be a new creation. You can't say, well, you know, pastor, I'm a sinner. You know, I, well, you, you determined by your own will that you're a sinner. Guess what? You're going to sin. But if you come to me, you are struggling with something and you say, pastor, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, but I'm going through a process. Now we are in the, on the same wavelength. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, but I'm working out my salvation through fear and trembling. So, the will can decide what a thing is, but it can also decide what that thing can and will do, right? So now scientists, I want to get into some science stuff. Scientists who have been studying the brain and the body have determined that willpower is, exists in the brain, okay? It's called the prefrontal cortex, 
And it, 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 that's, the, that's the place where the will uh, is grows or the will is found. Okay? And they said that the will has the ability to exercise control over impulses. It's, they've, they've done all, you know, they've put all the stuff around the people and they've tested them and all that kind of stuff. They test them watching a movie, running, exercising, sleeping, all that kind of stuff. And they figured out that the will of a human being, every time he exercises his will, the prefrontal cortex is what fires. Now, they've also determined that in the same way that a physical body, your muscle grows, is the same way your prefrontal cortex also grows which means your will has the ability to grow in its power the same way your muscles grow in power now you can say well this is a muscle and this is an organ and you know all that kind of stuff but you must understand the willpower the place where you make the decision from this is what I'm going to do this is who I am and this is what I give movement to I'm going to be a triathlete I'm going to do this I'm going to do that that comes from here that's what they've determined they're not saying that okay your brain is going to grow now and become strong no that's what they're saying but the will has the ability to increase its power when it is exercised look they say that that when a muscle in a body is not exercised, is not targeted by exercises, that muscle can experience atrophy, which means it deteriorates over a period of time of not being used. So which means people who, who did not exercise and did not get, have a fit life, an active life, as they were you know, getting older, when they do get older and they're attacked by diseases, they are more susceptible to having diseases than people who were exercising their muscles and using their organs to, for blood to flow in and out of their organs. They had more chances of living longer than people who were not using their muscles. But it's exactly the same with willpower. Willpower also the prefrontal cortex also experiences atrophy when you don't exercise it. Now I'm talking about your willpower now. So how do you exercise willpower? It's the same way you exercise your muscle. And it's called resistance. So they say that Every time, now look, we are always, if you look at your day, you are always having impulses and urges. An impulse is a thought that enters into your mind. When that thought is, em is empowered by your will and your intention, your desire, it becomes an urge that the physical body follows. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So an impulse is a thought and for that thought to become an urge in your, for, you to, for your physical body to obey, it needs the will to empower the thought. So now, if you were to look at your day, how many impulses do you have? Some of us have impulses to drive fast because we have a sports car. Some of us have impulses to smoke. But I want to give up. I've given up smoking, Pastor, in the beginning of the year. But three months later, this is an impulse. And as I, as I, as I give my will to it, that impulse becomes an, an urge. And as I, as I think about that urge now, as I, it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and it causes my physical body to obey. So it could be smoking, it could be drinking, it could be, you know, alcohol, it could be uh, pornography, it could be judging one another, it could be backstabbing one another, it could be gossip, it could be so many things. Impulses. And they say, now I'm talking about science now, I'm not talking about Bible. They say that the way you grow willpower 
is by resisting impulses. Resisting impulses. That thought to judge Pastor John, resist it now. That thought to think wrong thoughts about him, resist it. They say that every time you resist an impulse, you grow in power over that impulse. So the next time you have that same impulse, you are more powerful against it than you were the first time. Come on now, this is powerful. It's powerful. If you're struggling with pornography, if you're struggling with with smoking, if you're struggling with with having bad thoughts, if you're struggling with having depression, if you you know suicidal thoughts, if you're struggling with with like ah, I don't know what to do do with my wife, I don't know what to do with my husband, I don't know what to do with the son. If you're struggling with all these thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, they are impulses. They are not real. But you can make it real by allowing your will to give it life. And every time you give an impulse life, your power, willpower, goes into atrophy. And the less you exercise resistance, the more weaker you are when you're being attacked. That's why people run to the church when there's a situation in their life. Can't handle it. Look, they did another exercise and I'm, I'm just going to make it short. They did another exercise of with between two groups of kids. They took 10 kids in a room and they put cookies in front of these kids and they told these kids, you are not allowed to eat these cookies. And so they kept those kids there for about two hours or something. That's horrible. That's really, don't do that to children. Really, I mean, oh my gosh, that's really bad. But it's an experiment. Thank God we learned from it. They put it in front of these kids and now these kids were like, oh, I want to eat that cookie, but they said, don't eat that cookie. Oh, it's like, oh, they were so like, and so eventually they took the cookies away. And But the next class, they took 10 more kids and they said, you can eat whatever you want to eat, eat all the cookies you want, eat all the vegetables, eat whatever, 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 whatever. And they took both groups of students and they brought them into a class and they got them to do a test. And guess which kids had better results the kids that had no resistance wait the kids that had no resistance because they were given permission there was no resistance nothing they said you can eat whatever you want to eat they were they gave them everything and these kids now just ate everything and they were fine but somehow when these kids were told not to eat something they were drained of power that caused them now when the test came, they failed the test. Why? Because they had no power. They had no power to think for themselves. They had no power. That's why people snap with one another on the roads. That's why husband and wives who go through a full day of work come home and fight with one another because they have no power to tolerate each other's character flaws. Ladies and gentlemen, willpower is needed. It's important. It's not only about try life. You need it to tolerate the flaws of your husband or your wife or the flaws of your pastor. Come on now. I'm just being absolutely blatant with you because you might think that the pastor is this, but God is taking him through a process. But then you now have, because you go through a rough week, you come to church and then now finish, you have no tolerance. You don't understand his jokes and you think he's being sarcastic. And so now you make a judgment call and then you leave the church. But guess who's missing out? You are. Who failed the test? Not the pastor. You did. But it's willpower. Why do we, why, why do we snap? Why do we like have these moments of like, oh, the pressure's going up. No, no, the pressure's going up. You have no willpower. See the people who say, I have pressure, like I have so much of things, all this, so much of pressure, so much of things to do, and I have so many things to do. There's no joy, I can't smile, there's no time, there's no time, there's no time. No, no, what are you talking about? If you were to identify it and bring that person to relax for two minutes and just cause them 
to begin to resist impulses starts with that just resist impulses just simple resist impulses that person the very next day is more powerful than the previous day have you ever wondered when people come to december right they are f- actually they it's not christmas and new year celebrations that cause people to do resolutions they are fed up of being weak they are fed up of being slaves to their impulses that they come now and they feel like this new year is this is the end okay i'm i'm going to be a good man i'm going to be a good husband i'm going to be a good son and a good daughter and i'm going to be a, i'm going to be a good regular in church and i'm going to be faithful to all the bible studies and i'm going to pray and i'm going to do this and and we do all of this and then by the second month it's all gone why because you did not spend the whole year resisting the impulses so when the time comes for you now to make a decision you have no power you have no power to resist see let me show this to you in the bible let's go to james chapter 4 verse 7 says this therefore submit to god full stop <laughs> submit to god then he says resist the devil and he will flee from you wow this is a mighty verse he first says submit to therefore submit to god which means our responsibility is to submit to the will that god has for our lives a lot of times people think submission is a physical act but submission to god is saying i choose your will that's what submission that's the submission he's talking about here the submission is it doesn't mean that i'm not i'm not i have no power i'm so weak that i need the will of god No what he's saying here is make the choice to submit to God to make the choice to submit to God you need to be powerful Oh Come on now I hope you get it to submit to God to make a choice to be to be submitted to God you need to have will power How can you choose God's power when you're weak you have no power to choose him He's saying therefore submit to God so to submit to God I need to be powerful a lot of times christianity is about having weak christians coming to church all the time so that they can keep coming to church but why not have powerful christians who are strong will man i made a choice to come here i made a choice to be the pastor of this church God offered it to me. I chose it. Why? Cuz I'm powerful. I'm not weak. You don't need a weak leader. You need a powerful leader. You need a strong leader. You need a leader who doesn't just blow in the wind. That any revelation that comes we just okay we're going that revelation. No, no, no. Hold on a minute. Explain why. That's what I ask Kelsey all the time. Explain to me. Explain why I need to do it. Don't tell me what. I I know I can do it. tell me why please why is because my will ha- i need to empower my will to withstand every storm that comes our way that's why i need to know why <laughs> i hope you understand what i'm saying therefore submit to god guess what now he says resist the devil and he will flee from you so which means every you when you have power to submit to god the devil recognizes it And now when he even though he recognizes that he comes to you and he releases impulses these thoughts to you and every time you resist these thoughts now he realizes game over I can't deal with this guy I got to go 
But if you're a Christian who is suffering and you're weak and you you need people to pray with you come call me please and please pray for me and please do this please give me the word please counsel me please 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 all the time you, you're not even the devil doesn't even attack you cuz you're not a threat to him who is a threat to him the one that submits to the father that's the threat why because you are so powerful to lay down your powerful will and choose an all powerful god's will see we think that wow the gospel is the power of god and the salvation what is the gospel it's the word it's seed that he gives you and every time you hear the gospel every time any person hears the gospel what are they doing they're not weak they're not desperate they're not like oh man you know my life was just a mess i don't know hello god loves you and no matter what condition you're in he has predetermined that you would be called he has predetermined the moment when you will get saved not your condition in that moment oh god, i hope you get it even before time began god has chosen the moment he has chosen you to be in his kingdom he has chosen you and he's called you to be your son his son he has predetermined it it doesn't matter whether you're married you're divorced it doesn't matter whether your kids left you your wife left your husband left you it doesn't matter whether you have a job don't have a job whether you have money you don't have money it does not matter when god has decided that is in his will that is who you are at the core of who you are nothing can change it no one can change it but you can drag the process by fighting his will you can drag it but he has decided I will pursue you because I called you. You don't understand. We sing the songs, oh goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life and God chases after me. Why does he chase after you? Because he is predestined for you to be in his kingdom at a particular time. And you should have been in that place. but then you are revolving around your weakness and making it all about you instead of saying, hold on a minute. God has chosen me. There must be something about me. <laughs> This powerful God doesn't doesn't just choose weak people, he chooses every people. You understand? But the Christian message is that God loves you no matter where you are, or no matter the condition that if you're weak and broken, he is close to the broken heart. Yes, he is, but what about the people who are not broken? What about the people who are rich? What about the people who have businesses and are successful and don't need God? What about those people? They're all his children. And he has predestined you cannot escape the will of God. You cannot escape his love. You cannot. Everything will move like like a nation's holidays will move only because of the will of God for your life. Come on man, that's powerful. And so he says resist the devil resist which means every time you resist you become powerful now i want to show you something with jesus okay matthew chapter 17 are you enjoying this yes matthew chapter 17 the story is that a boy a father brings a boy who is demon possessed to the disciples can't cast him out And so the father brings the boy to Jesus and Jesus has a moment of letting his disciples know that they are faithless and perverse generation and all that kind of stuff. We <laughs> just leave just let Jesus do his thing, okay? And so he says, "How long shall I bear with you and bring him to me here?" and he delivers, he cast, he rebukes the devil and that demon leaves the boy. Wow. So how come the disciples couldn't do it? How come that devil didn't listen to them? It's like this, you know, people have sickness in their body, they wait for after the service for the pastor to come and pray for them. But the same we're all part of the same body, 
you entered the body the minute you entered the body and sat down that person sitting next to you was as powerful as the man in front all same body but somehow we created this theology and doctrine that that person in the front somehow has more power than everybody else what are they looking for will power they think because you're in front you have more power more will power than everybody else in the room but not in life just global in life just global even the kids are as powerful as the man in front Amen. must understand that and so jesus cast out the demon then the disciples come to him and ask him a question he says this to them in verse 20 21 he says however this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting now everybody who loves fasting are like there you go it's in the bible yes i know it's in the bible but you need to understand the context the context here is casting out a demon which means a demon listening to a person who is fasting and has a prayer life so what is prayer ladies and gentlemen prayer is communication with god to seek his will for your life it is not just bringing other people's prayer requests to god and not only your prayer request to god can you imagine if you spoke to your mother of all the needs that you had while you were growing up and that was the only thing you said to her you wouldn't get food to eat <laughs> have you ever told your mother that you love loved her Yeah. There are other things that you say, right? Mom, what do you want me to do for you today? Dad, what would you like for me to do for you today? Pastor, what would you like for me to do in the church? <laughs> right? You you that that's what I'm trying to say. Our conversations with God is only a grocery list of what we want him to do. But we never failed we never stopped asking the question. What is the reason of my existence? Why am I even alive? Why have you kept me alive? Why is your will power giving me the power to continue to live? And then on top of that I go to this church called Life Church Global and they say you can live very long. So if I have to live very long without knowing why yeah why why am I even here? Like look I ask these questions. I ask myself the question okay what am I going to do today? God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want Kelsey and me to do today? What do you want us to do? But when we go to God and give him a grocery list, look, he loves you and he you write that list down and you say it from to God from amen, all that kind of stuff. It works, okay? But it's not the only thing. Prayer is communication to God. Prayer is you revealing the errors of your heart that you never revealed to him before. Prayer is asking him to to give to shed revelation light on every area of your heart. There's so many things that you can talk to God. You know when I was driving and I said, "God, I want to know you." And like a like an echo, I heard God say, "John, I want to know you." I said, "What?" But you you know everything. He said no I know everything but you haven't told me what you know about you I want to know you you tell me in your version of who you are I want to know that I don't want to know what I know I know all things but but you tell me what you know about you you tell me about what ticks your boxes you tell me what makes you cry you tell me what makes you laugh you tell me who you like who you don't like you tell me which country you like which country you don't like what is the weather you like you tell me that i want to know you and so it's that that kind of relationship with god is what is called prayer and jesus says this type goes out when you have those conversations not like in the name of Jesus hallelujah it's okay but a majority of the time Jesus was not doing that a majority of the time he was with his father going up to a mountain top being alone by himself i just want to talk to you i just want to get to know you i want you to know me i want you to know me he was there was a moment where jesus was like in getsemane and it was like father it's the weakest moment that we we look at it as a weakest moment but it's the moment where jesus demonstrated the most strength will power 
When he said, Father, he saw the cup of suffering. He says, Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass by me. But not my will, but your will be done. See, his will was strong to say, let the cup pass by. But then he says, not my will, but your will be done. That's powerful. That I'm willing to suffer because it is in your will. I'm willing to grow in endurance. Why? Because it is your will for my character to develop. So it's important for us to understand. Jesus is saying, this only comes out by prayer, communication with the Father, seeking His will, having conversations with Him, and fasting. Fasting, ladies and gentlemen, is not a spiritual exercise. It's a tool, it's a physical exercise that sharpens the mind, that actually empowers the will to become strong. That's what fasting is. We did ethereal life, right? Everybody started ethereal life till we went into the water fast. Not water fast, but you know what I mean. When it went to just drinking water. Why? It's not because, wow, we have a fasting culture. We do this all the time, pastor. You know, wow. It's like, wow, I'm ready to do water fast. I'm ready to do uh, just living on breath. It's possible that people would do it. But why do people not do it? willpower they didn't have the power to say I can live on water I don't need bread alone I can just use water and man shall not live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God you see what that is that's the will of God coming to you saying listen my will for you is for you not to depend on food for your sustenance my will for you is for you to depend on my word for you my word is what will give you life so if you receive my word you get full in your stomach your body will be replenished and you will not feel hungry what is that discipline that discipline causes your mind to resist impulses for food oh, i want chocolate i oh, want crisp all of a sudden now you just want to eat chips when you're fasting have you noticed why does that come? It's an impulse. It's an urge. But the minute you think about it, that urge becomes greater and greater and greater halfway down the fast. Let's order that plate of biryani, man. I'm done with this. And then after you eat that biryani, you feel guilty. Oh, what have I done? Oh, if Pastor John only finds out. He will throw me off the ethereal life. No, just stop that nonsense. You should know that you did really well up until that moment. But you came to that moment because your will was strong. But now you should say, I can't wait for the next one because I'm going to do the whole thing again. I'm going to do the full fast again. I'm going to go water. Whatever fast you tell me, Pastor, I will do it. Why? Because I understand why we are doing this fast. It is to develop, to allow our will to become powerful. Why? Because, because there's so many things that get benefited from it. So many areas of my life that get they get the benefit of me living and resisting these impulses in my life. Every area of my life. Get they say that when, when you begin to uh, resist these impulses in a certain area of your life, now when it is not an impulse in your life, you have overcome a habit. Yeah, it's not 21 days to kick a habit. Just want to let you know. Or 90 days like what they say. It's when the impulses are not an urge. That's when you've overcome the habit. And so now, when, these, when you have power now over these impulses, they say every other area of your life that have impulses now will begin to submit to you. Why? Because you are powerful. You become all powerful. Like your heavenly father. All powerful. All powerful. All powerful. And that's why Jesus is saying, hey listen, this does not come out just because you're a Christian. That demon doesn't flee because you're a Christian. That demon flees from you because you've learned to resist temptation. You've learned to resist the impulses here first. And you've learned to submit to the will of God.
You've become so powerful that you've learned now in your everyday life to resist the impulses. Every time I resist the impulses, I become powerful. But when the time comes and I am I'm talking to the Father, I am so powerful, I'm talking to the Father, I can choose my own will or His will. But I'm going to be so powerful to choose His will over my will. And he says, when the demons recognize that you have that ability, then they flee. Come on. When they see, when the realm of the spirit, why do angels need to listen to you? They can just listen to God or they can listen to God in you. See, what attracts the realm of the spirit to you, ladies and gentlemen, is willpower. It's Christ for sure. He, the Holy Spirit is the portal into the realm of the Spirit. But you must understand, if you have to have authority in that realm to tell an angel to come, and he comes, and he goes, and he goes. You tell him to go, he goes. You tell a demon to leave. You recommission it. You cause money to appear. You cause miracles to happen. You heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. That great commission for you to do all of that, you need to have willpower. You want to have a job, you come to our church, you don't have a job, join Try Life. Don't come for prayer. You can, you can, we can pray for you, it's not a problem. But it is so amazing if you get into a program that focuses on growing your willpower. You must understand. For us as a church, our breakthroughs, look, I'll tell you, most of our breakthroughs for Kelsey and me have happened because we began to push ourselves and grow and mature our willpower. God did not tell me, John, I want you to do Iron Man. God did not. But God, when I did Iron Man, there was a glory that that manifested. Man, you must understand, it's a buzz. When you're running down that finish line, and all these people, come on, Pastor John. And my legs were kind of like, you know, whatever. But anyway, right, there's a glory. You must understand, there's a glory. There's this glory that is, that is emanating. These people are giving you glory. And you're running and you're receiving this glory. You're receiving this glory. But it's from your own willpower. But then, you take all of that glory And you say, you, God, are worthy of all glory, all power, and all dominion. Why? Because you created all things, and by your will, I exist. It's by your will, we all exist. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to come into a place where you understand faith. It's not about only hearing the word. It's about doing the word. Be doers of the word. That's what the Bible encourages us to do. Be doers of the word. Why? Because physically, we've got to demonstrate a glory. And that's what all of creation is longing to recognize and longing to come to. Right. So, in closing, Jesus says this. In the same, in Matthew 17, in verse 20. He says this, because of your unbelief. Why couldn't we cast it out? Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible. Guess for who? For you. Oh, he is not talking about nothing will be impossible for me. He's saying nothing will be impossible for you. Why? Willpower. If you have willpower, if you have faith, ladies and gentlemen, you can talk to a mountain and it can move. If you have willpower, you can talk to an angel and commission him to get your tickets. If you have willpower, You can speak to a sickness in a person's body and you can heal that person. You can heal that person. Why? Willpower. Why? Because he he said I can do it. 
He gave me permission to do it. So now I'm stepping in my authority now and I'm giving you healing. I'm giving you perfect health. In fact, right now, anybody who is sick in their body, God is giving permission to heal you. You are healed in Jesus' name. The sickness which is causing atrophy in your body, it's just causing weakness in your body. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I release healing to you. You are healed in Jesus' name. But those people who are struggling in their business, right now I declare that your business will begin to prosper in Jesus' name. Your, the business that you're working for with the job, that business will prosper in Jesus' name. Your salaries will increase. Why? Because God decided it would. Ladies and gentlemen, for far too long, Christians have been very dependent on men and women of God. And although we're an interdependent community, we depend on one another all the time. I'm not saying that we're independent. We're a community of believers that depend on one another. But there's something about a group of people who are very powerful that you just can't walk all over. Other people may not like it, but that's okay. We like it. In this house, you're free. You're free to be powerful. You're free to choose your own will. You're free to exercise your will. There is no condemnation. There is no judgment. And as you are free to choose your will, so is everybody else in this church. Just because they don't choose what you're choosing doesn't mean that they're wrong. We grow in power. Why? Because we want to submit that power for God's will. And that is the moral of tri-life. Tri-life is, or active, life active, is all about doing things that challenge us physically so that we can grow willpower. If you need healing in your body, willpower. You need a job, you need willpower. You don't need a miracle sign and wonder. That thing is already given to you. Every blessing has already been given to you in the heavenly places. You just need the willpower to resist suffering, to resist, to hold on, to suffer for long, to to have the ability to, to endure for a longer period of time. That's why you need willpower. Why? Because God has set these blessings in motion. Sometimes we want the blessing faster than God wants to give it to us. God wants to develop our character. We don't want character. We want the blessing. And God says, if I give you the blessing now, you're going to destroy the blessing and your character is going to go. But now, join Tri-Life. When you join Tri-Life, you will start exercising your physical body and you will exercise your character. You'll develop a character that will cause you now to, to steward every blessing that God has given you. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing will be impossible for you. I want you to just take a hold of that word. When you have power in your will, when you have that willpower, nothing will be impossible for you. I want to declare this over you. Nothing will be impossible for you. This week, nothing will be impossible for you. You will be able to do the Iron Man easily. Nothing will be impossible for you. You will be able to be debt free. Nothing is impossible for you. That mountain of debt is leaving your life. Why? Because you have willpower. That sickness is leaving your body. Why? Because you have willpower. Nothing is impossible for you. You will be able to do great things, ladies and gentlemen. And the whole world will look at us as a church and want to be a part of this family. Why? The strong people. We're not weak people. You're a strong, you're a strong people. You're a strong person. You're a strong child of God. And so we bless you. We love you. Have an awesome week. Okay, God bless. Yeah.